Welcome to session two, Torah Parenting, Timeless Perspectives, uh, Respecting Individuality was the first session. Today's session is called Modeling Behavior. As parents begin to model what is the best behavior for their children. Parents who are concerned about how to best raise their children understandably ask, what should I do? Or how should I reach to my child under particular circumstances? When parents pose this question, it is only logical to try to answer the question with do this, do that, don't do this, don't do that. Unfortunately, too often, even sound advice may fail to bring about a desired outcome or results. The how-to approach of parenting and modeling as parents assumes that parenting is primarily a matter of know-how. If only we knew the tricks of the trade, we could raise healthy and well-adjusted children. But is a good parent really the one with the bigger bag of tricks? There is no doubt that having a larger repertoire of parenting strategies is helpful and allows a parent to be more flexible and therefore more effective. But to limit parenting to the accumulation of strategies and move it and, and moves is to make a serious and costly error, namely placing the, enti- the child and placing the entire emphasis and focus on the child. This may be an incorrect emphasis. It is unclear at exactly what stage in the life of a child does a child begin to absorb information, values, perceptions, and at what point they can be affected by parental training. There is a great deal of evidence that infants are highly impressionable, and it has been hypothesized that even in utero, the fetus can be affected emotionally as well as physically. There was a great Rav who once said that the training of a child should begin 20 years prior to his birth. What does that mean? The Rav means that in the Talmudic, the Talmudic principle, quote, correct yourself and then correct others in Baba Basra, applies to parenting as well to other relationships. Healthy parenting should begin not with the focus on the child but rather with the focus on oneself. This is a critically and critically important principle. The Torah world has tried in various ways to circle the wagons, to insulate itself from these demoralizing forces uh, that plague us day and night. But the fact is that none of the defenses are impermeable. Secular influences have impacted even on Torah-observant families taking greater or less toll. Some of the current literature on parenting is actually supportive of the cultural social changes, advocating allowing a child to grow up with a minimal minimum of restraints and restrictions and leaving him or her to make up his or her own mind. This naive approach fails to recognize that behavior patterns may become so ingrained in childhood 
that even after the maturing person reaches the age of reason and wishes to make some changes, whatever intellectual strength he may try to apply is no match for established habits. How does a parent become a role model? That is the topic of this session, modeling for children. You're already a role model for your child, believe it or not. Every time you say something, take an action, or have a reaction to someone or something, your child is observing your behavior. As infants, this is how children gain knowledge, language, skills, eventually learn to talk. Preschoolers depend upon observation as they begin to understand and test the workings of interpersonal relationships. And even teenagers, although you may not believe it, are listening to your words and observing your actions, examining how you handle everything from personal relationships to stress, to career disappointments. The power of modeling is daunting. There are times when we think our children are not listening or not perceiving or not seeing what's going on within our homes and they're absorbing absolutely everything that's in the environment. Modeling for children has become probably one of the most critical aspects of parenting in the 21st century going all the way back to biblical times. The most important area of child raising that parents should focus on, from my perspective, should be on being a good role model for their children. As the Stipler Rav once remarked, role modeling is 50% of child raising. I will repeat it, role modeling is 50% of child raising. A story is told of a young man who asked a rav of a community when and how he should prepare himself for child raising. The rav looked at him, leaned towards him, leaned closely towards him and said, when you are holding the child in your hands, in your arms, that's too late. You should have started way back even before you got married. What does that mean? My wife just gave birth to our first child, he responded. Mazel tov, repiled, replied the Rav. And what was his response? But you were just a few years too late. Implicit in this example obviously is a tremendous, tremendous onus and responsibility and achrayas for each of us to assume behaviors and responsibilities that children can model. Parental role modeling can be broadly defined as actions, behavior, or conducts that have subtle and very powerful influence on their child, on their children. The reason for this influence is because children naturally imitate 
and emulate their parents' behavior. I can give you an example, just so like just off the top of my head, something that having grown up in a, uh, in a family of Jewish communal workers, my father was a Rav, how often have any of you listening to this tape would receive a telephone call at home asking whether or not your father is home or whether or not your mother's home, and all of a sudden, uh, either your mother or your father would cover the phone, the receiver on the phone, and say, what should I tell them? And then somebody would say, tell them I'm not here. Really? Tell them I'm not here? What does that mean? What type of message are we sending out to our children? When you are there, you are ready to take that call, but you don't want to take the call. But the child is seeing that you are, in fact, making up a story. These are small, very subtle type of examples of the way in which we should not be modeling behavior, but sometimes we all fall into that rut. There was once an individual who tried to explain to his child how to role model as the grandchild of this individual was getting older. And he said the greatest people in a child's eyes are his parents. And what they do is like Torah from Sinai. It's like Torah from Sinai. Children observe and study all their parents' actions and behavior and record them in their subconscious minds, leaving lasting impressions. There's tremendous research that supports this. Physiological research, psychoeducational research that supports this contention. Why is this so? Because parents are the most reliable source for priorities and values in their children's lives. Whether we like it or not, that is a reality. Children have the simple trust that their parents won't transmit any non-Torah or non-ethical ideals to them. Parents or the child's prime rabbeim and educators, and their actions are the basis for their own chinuch. I'll give you a, a small example, which is a relatively humorous one, and I, I, many of us have heard this going around, but I think it deserves repeating, that a, a mother was in a supermarket with a child, and the child kept on throwing candy bars into the uh, basket. And the mother says, please stop, please stop. And then all of a sudden, another mother, a non-Jewish mother, pulled up in front of, the, um, of this parent and, and child and had the same situation. But the mother said, please stop, please stop. And the child kept on throwing candy into the wagon. And then she kept on saying, please stop, please stop. And then finally she said, please stop. They are not kosher. And all of a sudden the child stopped. And all of a sudden the woman who was in back of her went over to her and she says, you are not Jewish. You don't keep kosher. Why did you use that expression? And her response was very, very simple. She said, I don't know, but when I saw somebody using it, it worked. So what exactly does it mean that when you tell a child, don't do it, don't, don't continue that behavior, it's not kosher? Why does that stop the child in the tracks? Very, very simple. There are certain boundaries that we set for our children, the same way which there are certain boundaries that we set for ourselves. 
whether it be anchored in halacha, whether it be anchored in minhag, whether it be the way in which we um, value certain aspects of life, children pick up on it. If you live a life according to halacha, if you are a practicing Jew, your children will pick up on it. If you are not practicing, they will pick up on that as well. The please put it down, it is not kosher, didn't happen overnight. The child began to understand the critically importance of what it means for something to be kosher. Since children's intellects are not fully developed, they function mostly from their emotions rather than from logic. The result is that they learn and absorb more from what they see than from what they hear. Please remember that, from what they see than from what they hear, which again puts a phenomenal achrayas responsibility on us. In the morning when they see a parent putting on tefillin, when they see a parent giving tzedakah, when they see a parent helping somebody across the street, what is that showing them? What is that telling them? What is that doing to their psyche, to their understanding in terms of values and in terms of their own behavior? Therefore, showing one's child how to properly fulfill mitzvos and be a God-fearing Jew, a Yeras Shemayim, has a greater impact and influence than telling them to do so. This is a critically, critically, critically important dimension to parental modeling. There are essentially six, there are probably many, many more, I'm sure there are more, but essentially six um, attributes and characteristics that I wanted to share with you, which I think strike to the heart of what parenting is all about and ways in which good parenting, quality parenting, effective parenting could be effectuated within your households. Number one, be authentic. Children know, they see right through what is real and not real. When you are authentic, when you do something with zrizus, when you do something full-heartedly, when you reach into your pocket and you are struggling to find anything in your pocket so you can give somebody tzedakah, that's being authentic. I don't have to define for you all what authenticity is. You know what authenticity is. Being authentic is number one. The second principle or characteristic is to be consistent. Consistency is probably one of the most important aspects of parental modeling. You can't one day tell the child something or do something and then the next day do something entirely different or just drop that behavior. It requires continuous practice, continuous behavior, continuous observation day in and day out. Be growth-oriented. Have a growth mindset. Make sure that whatever you do today, is going, you're going to build upon it tomorrow and then the following day. So that every day you are growing as an individual. That growth is picked up by the child. That growth is observed by the child. And that growth is emulated by the child. Learn from mistakes. Share those mistakes. Share those mistakes with family. Share those mistakes with the child. Obviously, age appropriate. But it's important for the child to know that even, even Abba Nima, even Mommy and Tati make mistakes. 
very, very healthy to share when those mistakes take place. The fifth is it takes a kahila to raise a child. Never shy away from involving your child in the centrality of Jewish community, whether it's a shul, whether it is a community center, whether it's somebody's house over Shabbos, whether it's at a group, whether it's uh, in camp, whatever it may be, working with the kahila is very important so that a child develops a sense of community, a sense of kahila. And then finally, six, make Hashem's presence real in daily life. When, now, you have a choice. You could let the child sit in the living room and play with his or her toys, or you could bring the child into the dining room while you're putting on tefillin. Having that child observe you putting on tefillin is critically, critically important. There are a, lo- a lot of other examples that go into modeling. I just want to just sort of like leave you with one thought, and that's about articulating expectations. That when you wake up in the morning, we say modani. What does it mean to say modani together with the child? We get dressed, we brush our teeth, we eat breakfast, we do all the things that we should do. But we should really talk about that. We should discuss with our children why we do what we do and how we do what we do. The power of observation, the power of children witnessing, experiencing, seeing, and feeling the ways in which parents behave towards the child and between themselves and between themselves and people in the community is the way in which that child's psyche, personality, behavior, as well as values will be molded and shaped for many, many years to come. Is it formulaic? 100% not. But one thing we know for sure, the power of parent modeling is probably one of the most important influences you can give your child. Something to think about, something to aspire towards. Good luck.